Welcome to the Smarticle Podcast, where we take a good article and make it gooder. Welcome to God Talk Friday on Smarticle. Let's take five seconds. Okay, Brandon. Remember, God Talk Friday, we don't use any of the bad words. Maybe because my mom's listening, but more importantly, God is listening. Oh, and God doesn't listen on the other days? No. I wonder if Only God listens on Mondays through, through Thursdays. Only on Fridays. You Only on Fridays. So? I think God likes our podcast. I, I think, think so. I think God's busy she, on Tuesdays. I think he, she, it subscribes. Appreciate that. Because sometimes and oftentimes you like to refer to God as a he. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited about today's article on God Talk Friday. Mm-hmm. It comes via the Boston College Catholic I was like, how did Larry come up with this one? (laughs) It's the torch. I didn't even know Boston College had a Did someone send this to you or did you just pop up? Man, don't ask about the sources. (laughs) When I pull something off the street. I'll ask Pat Meaty and Pat Meaty will tell me exactly where you got it. When I I pull something off the streets, don't ask. Just look the other way. All right? I did because it was written by a high school kid. Yeah. His name is James Pritchett. And the article is, where is faith when I doubt? You're going to give James a, there's no way James is woke. I'm not going to give James, no way. James James is a devout Catholic kid who is questioning the mystery of faith. James would shiv you in the back if Mm -hmm. you even thought about getting an abortion. He would literally stab you. I think he, I think he's from, uh, I think he's from California somewhere. He might be a a San Francisco kid for all I know. Said he's got a, he's, he's into the golden state. So I don't know. All right. Let's get in a little bit. Compared to many of my peers, I would probably be considered a rather religious guy. I was raised going to church every Sunday. I went to a Christian school, and I've always called myself a Christian. To some of my non-religious friends, then, it comes as something of a shock when I say that there are times when I either didn't believe or else was very weakly. Or else very weakly. Okay, whatever. Christianity has been a given in my life, a kind of presupposition that didn't require any more evidence than the sky being blue. I knew friends who had almost identical upbringings to my own, had similar interests and influences, and lost any hand of faith as early as elementary school. For some reason, then, God sustained my faith even when I didn't. My move towards agnosticism can in part be attributed to my misunderstanding of doubt and faith. Now he quotes St. John Henry, Cardinal Newman. 10,000 difficulties do not equal one doubt. Questions about the faith, areas where we lack understanding, and propositions that strike us as difficult are not doubts themselves, but only become so when we give up hope in understanding or resolving the issue. Okay, here's my thing about religion, faith, Christianity, the whole thing. I don't care what anybody believes. I don't. But are you taking any time of your day to have a smidge of understanding of actually what you believe? I think most people would say, I'm too busy. Life's going on. I think this article is saying, hey, man, if you're having doubt or worries or wonder, dig into those emotions and figure them out. Did I get this article right? Sort of. Oh, good. I think that you, it's, it's okay. So you were raised in evangelical in Orange mm-hmm. County, 510 white kid from Whittier. We all know that. You know, to church. Yeah. And, and so the understanding of faith and doubt within the evangelical world it's actually really different than doubt and faith in the Catholic world. Ooh. So I was kind of reading between the lines on this. Like I was like, oh, I see what's going on. If you weren't raised Catholic, you probably wouldn't understand this. So when he says I was, I would call, I went to a Christian school K through eight. He probably went to a parochial school 
K through eight. He probably went when he yeah. says, it, and I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying there is a fundamental difference between a, a parochial school run by the, the parish, run by the diocese, by a priest at yeah. the head of it, than there is an evangelical school. So okay. the, the understanding of faith and God in the Catholic context is different. Oh. I don't believe that Catholics or the, ch- the teachings of the church have a hard time with people admitting they have doubt. It is a well-documented part of Catholicism that people that follow God have doubt. We, we have this reference to the long, dark night of the soul where saints say they cannot feel the presence of God. So what I'm saying is if you were an evangelical kid in a, in a, in a K-8 school, or maybe you were in a, a Christian high school, evangelical high school, and you said, I'm not sure I even believe in God, what do you think that school would say? Yeah. But he says in this article, Mr. Catholic guy, yeah, says because he didn't believe and had some doubts, he kind of spiraled down. So I do think there are some Catholics. Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm not saying that he's, I'm, I absolutely, I, I want to get to the, what he's saying about faith and doubt in a second, but I want to say that I think there's more room for doubt in the Catholic tradition than there is in evangelical tradition. That's all I'm saying is that okay. I think, well, it's important to note, dumbass. Sorry, right. Pat. I'm sorry. I God talk Friday, but do what you Your want. son got me riled up again. Here's my point to those okay. listeners. Wait out for there. your point. It's going to be The point one. is, this is a God Talk Friday, and we all yeah. come of our faith in different ways. But thinking that we all think about the same thing the same way, Lawrence, is foolish. He mm. thinks about faith and doubt different than you do. That's mm. my point. Okay? So okay. I was trying to give it some context. So let's go Thank to you. his idea of doubt. Yep. He's saying, if you have taken a second to think about your faith, you are going to have doubt. I think that's just the reality no matter where you are. Yeah, That's mining your reality, but I don't think a lot of hardcore Christian people think that. Hardcore evangelical Christians. That's my point is, is that if you go to your priest and say, I'm not sure I believe in God, the priest will say, well, we have 2,000 years of canon and orthodoxy to support you in your search for meaning and understanding of God. Mm. That's good. I like that. Whereas in the evangelical church, they would say, we got 40 years. You know what? You just better, you better pray right to get right with Jesus saw because God is going to punish you if you don't believe in God. And I'm not saying every evangelical church is like that. Of course they're not. There are plenty of wonderful pastors out there that walk there people are? through their doubt. I think right. so. That okay. walk people through their doubt and their faith. But I feel like it's a much more sinful thing to say. I don't, I don't believe it, or I'm, I'm struggling with doubt. In an evangelical world, I think it's sort of looked down upon. And my point is, is that we have to have that conversation because if you're a thinking person, if you're a spiritual devoted person, come on, dude, you're going to have moments of doubt. It is the reality of it. We see that throughout scripture, literally every single person in scripture had doubts because God is not sitting there in the room with you most of the time. Yeah. Wait, God's not seriously. Can you see him right now? No. Okay. That doesn't mean God's not there, Brandon. That's true. But you can't prove that God's there. It's a matter of trusting that God's there. He talks about faith in there. I love the perspective you give Mm. that you, if you believe in anything, there's got to be room for doubt or you're not really believing in anything in the first place. And I mean, if you just think of the most impactful Christians of all time, that would be Mother Teresa. And you use this example all the time. She writes out a book for the last third of her life. She didn't even believe in God. Or she, no, she said she, it's not that she didn't believe in God. 
and she didn't feel the presence of a God because God had been so present in her life in the early part of her life that she bereft because of that. He says the move towards agnosticism and some extent atheism for a time can in part be attributed to my misunderstanding of doubt and faith. Faith is nothing more than an assent to a series of claims without question. There was a mental split between what I could believe by reason and secular sources and what my religion required me to believe. I think that's my point, is that faith has to come from within. It rarely comes from without. So when mm. you we're saying that, oh. that, that Mother Teresa, she could, she could quote script, she could do anything, she had served God's kingdom. By the way, she continued to serve God's kingdom to the very end of her days, right? So it wasn't like she just like, nah, screw it. I'm going to go out and do whatever I want to do. No. But faith comes from an internal understanding of the presence of God. So I do believe that God is in the room with you and with me and with everybody, with Pat Olson right now. I fundamentally yeah. believe that. But can I prove that to be true? No. I lean into the teachings of the church, the canon, the orthodoxy. I was I spent a weekend with a good, really good friend, and he is a Uh-oh. he is a hardcore conservative. I mean, Uh-oh. off the charts conservative. And his okay. his belief in why he's conservative is is basically. I was like pondering this. I was like, why is he so hardcore fear. about this? No, I don't think it's fear. I think that he fundamentally believes that a lot of really smart, good people have thought a lot about this. So who is he? To, to, to say, oh, I got it all figured out. I'm going to do it a totally different way. Now, I'm not saying I believe that, but I'm Ooh. saying he's like, hey, the orthodoxy is there to protect us from ourselves. I think that's what his belief is. And that's why conservative thinking is there to protect us from ourselves. And some people need that. I've kind of loosened my stance on that. Some people just have to have a dogmatic belief. Otherwise, right. they can't get through the day. Like right. the big questions freak them out and they literally can't get out of bed if they do that. So I've sort of come to an understanding about that. We lost the great Matthew Perry, the actor. Yeah. We were, we were doing his obit this week. I I feel like he's, he went to um, rehab 65 times. Some crazy. No, detox like 65 yeah. times. So and eventually he goes to AA and it sticks, right? And the number one tenet of AA is you don't have to believe in God, but you got to believe in something bigger than yourself. That's it. Yeah. That is, that is so helpful to all of us. If mm-hmm. you're in bed and can't get out, the world's too overwhelming. If you just have faith in something bigger than than yourself, you can get out of bed. And I feel like that's stamped in all of us, believing in something bigger than yourself. Right. By the way, something bigger than ourself doesn't need us to believe in the bigger than the self. We can wane on that. Well, I believe that the internal leads to a belief in the external. And what I mean by that is that we just have to take this a second to put one foot in front of the other. So you were saying, AA, I have to believe in a higher power. Something bigger than myself. If I just believe in myself, then I'm going to fail. It is guaranteed. Yep. That's what that's what my friend would say about orthodoxy is that it's a belief in something bigger than oneself that you're saying, hey, you know what? You don't have to spend all this time thinking about this has already been thought about. Now, I, I disagree with that because I think mm. it's a very dangerous oh. way to, to view the world, but I also can understand it. So I think this idea of a fundamental view of what is doubt is important. You have to say... And again, I go back to this idea of the way I was raised. It was okay to doubt. It was okay to say, mm. I'm not sure I believe in this. It doesn't mean that you don't have faith. It just means that you're questioning a rational, normal thinking person is going to question this. And if you just say, no, 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 don't ever question it. It is what it is. Jesus is what Jesus is. You're like, what, what? Uh, 
it's going to lead to a corruption of faith, in my opinion. That's the person that says, I don't believe in anything anymore. Well, just to belabor this point, I completely agree with you. <laughs> and it makes so much, when you say it, I'm like, of course. But there are so many people in this world that do not agree there is room for doubt in one's life with faith. Full stop. Yeah. And he says, according to the author of the letters of Hebrew, St. Paul, faith is not merely a proposition, an idea, or some pious affirmation, but rather the very substance of the thing for which we hope. When we have faith, in a real sense, we already have those things which we foresee. By faith, I see that God is before me in the Eucharist, that the saints hear my prayer. I don't believe in that, but and that the, my guardian angel defends me day and night. So he gets this real Catholicism in there at the end, but it doesn't matter. He just, by faith, he believes those things are there and they bring him comfort in, I would say, joy in believing that there's something bigger than yourself. Again, Alcoholics Anonymous. Have you ever met someone that smiles all the time? I've got friends that are like perpetually happy. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's nice. I, lo- I like that their disposition is predominantly happy. But you never, never really know if they're just always happy or they're faking the happiness with you or Fake whatever. Until you make it. Right. You're like, I don't know. I feel like God actually wants us to have doubt so that the real moments of faith are real. Doubt makes faith real. Otherwise, it's continually a big smiley face. Well, if you look at the work of the saints, and I specifically think about St. John of the Cross, who was this incredible mystic. And he was the one that coined the phrase, the long, dark night of the soul, is that he did all the right things and followed God, did all that, you know, served and did this, but he had all these just powerful doubts. And he said, until you go through the long, dark night of the soul, which by the way, I believe you've been for for about 10 oh, years. Me? You, yes. I truly oh, believe nice. you've been in the long, dark night of the soul yes. of trying to figure out how do we take what we learned as a child? Oh. Right. How do we take the things that yeah. were indoctrinated into us? Okay and either make them real or dispose of them. What, what is, you know, uh, Richard Rohr talks about it in context of first half and second half of life. How do we remove sort of the ego that was placed on us to protect us as children to let those things go? I think that's where faith comes in. Can I ask a quick question? Sure. When am I going to come out of the dark night of the soul? Is it coming soon? Am I going to be in this a while longer? I think you're already out of the long, dark night of the soul, Larry. I think by the oh. mere fact that you have recognized the fact that you don't want to sit in a sermon with just some random... I think when we start to understand, hey, this is... A lot of this stuff is just accoutrement. It's just tr- tr- it's just trimming. It's just trimming. It's yeah. not real. It's not important. Some people go in there, oh, man, if we don't have a worship pastor that, that sings the right songs, or if we don't do communion in the right way, if we don't say the right words, oh, well, that's it. We're, 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 in, we're doomed. Well, when you start to go, you know what? All these things have a place but none of them are more important than the depth of real faith. And I think that's where you are. It's like, you know what? I want my children to be raised in a tradition where they think for themselves and you take them. I asked, like, why do you still go to church then? And you're like, because I want it for my family. That's the reason why you go to church, right? Well, yeah, it's longer I, than that. I know. But I will but... say this. I, what I want to raise my kids with is mystery. And faith is mystery. I mean, I just feel like if you come into this world, there is matter and dark matter. God's system is mystery. And doubt, being in true serious doubt, feels mysterious and overwhelming, and you don't know how you're going to come out. It is mystery. So if you want to live in this world, you got to be able to live with mystery. You got to. Yes. Well, Larry, thank you for teaching me about doubt 
and my faith and how to live in the ever-living mystery of God. Mm-hmm.